The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's important as a spiritual father to address the things going on in the world occasionally. We can fall into the temptation to separate our faith from what lies without. But to do so would be to characterize our faith as an ideology, and we know that to be false. The events this week, um, something that I don't know if very many of us, actually probably none of us would really think to have experienced uh, the disgraceful charging of the capital um, and the taking of innocent life just to push an agenda. However, I think if all of us not looking at it politically, but simply objectively, it would almost be foolish to say that we were surprised by it. If we look back, we realize for at least the last several years, we've hardly even batted an eye at people who've used destruction and violence to terrorize cities, um, to set flame to certain buildings, to um, loot, take personal property, all for the sake of protest. Also, though, I think if we look at something else that happened this week, um, new rules um, attempted to be placed for debate in the House that rob the use of language from its proper sense to communicate truth as revealed by nature. Yet, once again, this isn't a new phenomena, um, all sides of the political spectrum have done their part to degradate language from actually communicating something to simply being used as a tool to try to get what they want or achieve. We've seen it bullying in certain ways. Uh, we've seen it to push certain agendas. There's a social engineering that's really kind of been used by all sides, if we're honest about it. A social engineering that's affected even us here at Church of the Magdalene as we lost several hundred followers in one night. The censorship that, again, many of us probably were never expecting to see to the degree that it's being implemented in our lifetime. So we can ask ourselves the question, well, where is all of this from? Father, I, I see you're touching on a political issue and I really don't want to go there and I don't think it's that important to be honest. So why are you wasting my time? Because a lot of this, actually all of this has been around since the story of man. Ever since the fall of man, all of these things 
have been introduced. So what, what does that have to do with us now? Jesus came to save us, Father. I think all of us, as a society especially, as we find our country in an identity crisis, a country that was established under God, I think we can fairly say, myself included, we've treated Jesus like a life coach for far too long. A life coach, someone that that we can reach out to maybe when we have a little problem we want to be solved, or someone that that we reach out to when, oh, things are going well. I, I feel like I need Jesus. But we know that it's far more important than that. You know, across town, this time of year, there's certain things that speak to our feelings, that speak to our, our need for change, especially at the New Year's resolutions. Uh, gyms across town have all of their offers, uh, maybe up $21 down or, or, or 21 days free of working out or $21 off. Um, whatever it may be, there's an incentive for us to join. And I, maybe you have, I've definitely given in to these types of things before. And then when I realize the full sacrifice that it entails, um, I may keep my membership, but I've backed away. Do we treat our baptism in that same light? Today as we celebrate the feast of the baptism of the Lord, we realize that our call as Catholic Christians is not simply a membership. We're not just simply part of something that we can walk away from. Rather, it takes a daily commitment. You know, Jesus isn't a life coach. I would venture to say he does have some aspects of a trainer, but nonetheless, if we don't go repeatedly, if we don't make that sacrifice daily, it's gonna mean nothing for us. You know, Jesus is kind of like that trainer in in a sense. I I know I've gone, I, I got a few sessions free when I signed up and it's a, it's a little embarrassing because the trainer comes and, and they know how weak you are. So they set, you know, five pounds. This is how you do it. But that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. In the gospel today, in the baptism of the Jordan, Jesus came and asked John to give him the, the baptism of repentance. Jesus didn't need that. But he chose to be baptized in order to sanctify the same waters that we would receive in our baptism, to give us the means and to give us through the rest of the sacraments, those tools, those machines necessary, not just to feel better, but to become fully alive, to become who we were created to be, to live no longer as fallen, but to live as one redeemed. This is the baptismal call It's no longer just a membership, it is a covenant that God will never fail to give us the grace we need to be configured whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body to him. If we look to our first reading today from the prophet Isaiah, in the chapter 42, we hear one of the first first of four of the servant songs. It speaks about the Messiah who is to come But we know that in our own baptism, the same applies to us because we've been configured to Christ. So what does he have to say? I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. 
like that trainer who works with you individually to know you and your situation, to know your story, to know your weakness, to know your strengths, and to know your gifts, Jesus Christ in baptism comes to meet us personally. And also like that trainer, as this quote continues, I've grasped you by the hand, I formed you and set you as a light for the nations. Why? So you can lead people out of darkness to open the eyes of the blind, to lead people to the same relationship we're brought into in our very own baptism. To bring us from living as a fallen world, as a fallen nation, as a fallen people, to live as one redeemed. In the gospel today, we hear that the heavens were torn open. That word for torn means violent chaos. Jesus broke into the chaos, into the violence of original sin in each and every one of our hearts in our baptism. He continues to break in by the same grace of the Holy Spirit, which descended on him like a dove and which descended upon us in our very baptism. A spirit that anoints us. When we were anointed with the holy chrism at baptism, it was not simply a fragrance to be washed away the next time the baby was bathed. But it is a fragrance by which we are to live each and every day of our life. To live renewed, refreshed, and to attract others to that same truth. And in that rite of baptism, when that chrism is put on the, forehead, on the head of the child, the chrism is meant to anoint us in the same mission of Jesus Christ. To serve as priest, to serve as prophet, and to serve as king. Priest, yes, you have a priestly vocation. Not ministerial but the priestly vocation of sacrifice. Where do we begin to pick up what our nation has lost, but to begin with sacrifice? And Jesus Christ taught us on that same cross that we were incorporated into and going down into the waters, that same death, that love is most expressed through sacrifice. Serving ourselves Serving ourselves selfishly, living selfishly, grasping for our own possession is what has drawn this nation to serve not God, but man himself. We have to become a people of sacrifice because that's what it means to become a people of love. Not just love on a billboard, but love come to earth to live as Jesus Christ. And if we don't make that daily sacrifice, then it begins to show. Prophet, do we proclaim the truth? You know, in our second reading today, Peter goes up to, to this land of Caesarea, to pagan territory, to the land of the Gentiles. And he goes even further to the house of Cornelius, a Roman official, as a death sentence. For him to go to the Roman official would have been like, hey, I'm here, put me in prison. But why did Peter do it for the sake of the truth of Jesus Christ? In John's gospel, we hear uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
The way, the truth, and the life, do we proclaim and preach the truth? Yes, do you preach the truth? Because much like a person at a gym, they should start showing gains, right? Maybe our muscles are more toned or we can lift more. But the same is true in the spiritual life. The more that we live by the truth of who we are as a beloved son and daughter given to us at baptism, the more we live in the truth of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for us, the more that we live in the truth as a sacramental people, then people will be able to see our virtue and they will be attracted to that. And finally, kingly. Do we live out that kingly office? For generations now, I think that we as a people in the United States have put the kingly office solely in the hands of the government. And we've now learned that we can no longer do that. That was never the desire for Christ. Do we lead in truth and in love? And yes, both of those are necessary. Why? Because in order to lead people to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, the truth that as Jesus says, will actually set them free, then we have to do it in love and truth. Because truth without love is oppressive. Love without truth is hypocritical. People have begun to negate, uh, say that sin doesn't exist. And we wonder why sin is so prolific in our midst. People are, are subjected to dysfunction, maybe even subjected to sin in their lives, and they've begun to make that their reality. We have to lead them out of the dungeon, out of the darkness, into the light of a life in Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, we must live as a people redeemed, not as a people fallen. Because no president, no Congress, no Supreme Court will ever set us free. So if we want to live in hope, if we want to live in peace, no matter where our government is headed, then the time is now to live out our baptism, to live as a people redeemed in Jesus Christ, and to live out the mission of Jesus Christ given in that baptism. To live as a people of sacrifice, to love, to have empathy, to be willing to sit in the dirtiness of another person's life so as to accompany them out of it. We must live as prophets, being willing to experience the persecution for the sake of righteousness. And we must live as a people ordered to our King, Jesus Christ, to sanctify your families, to sanctify your workplace, to sanctify our community and our nation. Then, and only then, will we finally live as one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all.